Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. So with everything getting political these days, and uh, we just had a recent debate and all that, and at the potential cost of losing half my audience, I decided why not wade in and put my quacks spin on things. I mean, I probably shouldn't do this episode. But how often do the worlds of herbs and supplements come together with politics? You know, very, very rarely, if ever. It, it never happens. So I'm going to make wheatgrass while the sun is shining, as they say. I'm going to give you what I think Joe Biden used last Tuesday night for the debate to make sure his mind was on point. And thank you, Alex, for giving me this show idea. He is always giving me great ideas. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much. Now, as you may know, Joe has had some slips of the tongue here and there. He's had uh, some memory lapses, forgotten some things, you know, had some numbers messed up. And there's been some talk that maybe, you know, the French fry count in the Happy Meal is, well, as low as COVID death rates. So it was widely assumed that they would put him on something for his performance against Trump. And maybe, you know, maybe Trump is uh, taking something too. I wouldn't be surprised. So I'll give you my thoughts on him as well. But in the broader picture, you know, outside this particular political time, this is a great topic overall to look at because it's about understanding what people use to get an edge in life and how, you know, you too, if you want, can have something that you can use to get an edge in life. So let's talk about it. So performance enhancement, uh, it's all about dopamine. We did an episode on dopamine uh, way back, episode 28. That was when Brian was still here and he told us all about his cocaine use. It was very well received. So if you want more info on just dopamine, head back and listen to that show. But dopamine is what gives you presence and focus. It tells your brain that the best thing it can do is be totally present to this moment. You know, totally in this moment, watch and act on whatever stimulus is occurring in your direct environment. And it does this by acting on the reward centers of your brain. So for example, you know, you order a dessert in a restaurant. Let's say uh, bread pudding or chocolate mousse with vanilla ice cream. And when you order it, your brain gives you that little hit of dopamine, which is saying, ooh, something good is coming. Oh yeah, something good is on the way. You know, forget your taxes or your kid's soccer game that you missed for the fifth time. Chocolate is on the way, so pay attention. Now, as you wait, you may uh, feel a little discomfort, a little anxiousness. It's kind of like a kid in the back seat of a car asking, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Now, this is because it is hard to wait for something good when you know it's coming. It doesn't really matter, you know, that before you ordered the dessert, you were perfectly content just sitting there finishing your meal. Now that the dessert is on the way, impatience bleeds in. And this is because dopamine converts into norepinephrine, which is, is kind of like adrenaline. So when you get that, when you got that little hit of dopamine, when you ordered the food in the first place, uh, the dessert, some of it is turned into adrenaline, which can cause this anxiety. So while the dopamine kind of gives you focus and control, it also gives you impatience, uh, anxiety, nervousness, that kind of thing. Now, uh, as the dessert comes your way, you know, dopamine goes up even more. You feel even better. Uh, you get completely focused in the now moment. You know, you aren't thinking at all about uh, being unmarried in your 30s and when are you going to find someone and everyone's so disappointed with you. It's all about the chocolate. 
You're just totally focused. And as you raise that spoon to your lips, your dopamine hits the crescendo. It hits the very top. And when you bite into that dessert and taste the first, you know, sugary mix of flavors, the dopamine crashes and you get the other hormones like endorphins and serotonin. After the dessert, you know, on the way home, you might feel kind of off. You might feel kind of listless or unmotivated. You might even regret eating the dessert. And this is kind of the double-edged sword of dopamine. You know, what dopamine giveth, dopamine also taketh away. It, it gives you the, the focus, and then afterwards, it kind of leaves you a little hungover. So you can see from this example, you know, dopamine is what focuses you, but it doesn't just focus you. Uh, it also expends resources to improve your abilities. And drugs that raise dopamine, like amphetamines, they have been shown to increase verbal fluency, uh, cognitive performance. I mean, there's been tons of authors who have written whole books while using amphetamines. Uh, cocaine, which is a dopamine nuclear bomb. I mean, that makes people very talkative. So when I think about Joe Biden and what he would hypothetically take you know, it would have to raise dopamine. And I think there's actually even some evidence for this within the debate itself uh, that he is, um, you know, taking some kind of dopamine upper. And, and it's a small thing, you know, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But so there was a couple moments when Chris Wallace asked Joe a question and Joe would start talking for a while. And then Chris would kind of jump back in. He'd say, you know, with respect, Mr. Vice President, I wasn't asking about that, but about, you know, X, Y, Z, this other thing or whatever. And I noticed when that happened, Joe kind of jumped a bit. You know, he would he would jump and go, huh? And then he would answer, you know, the new question. But he had this little startle response. And like I said, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that little startle response was the anxiety kicking in from dopamine converting into norepinephrine. And what this tells me is that whatever dopamine booster that they had Joe on, they were not giving enough of a relaxing agent with it. So, I mean, like that would rule alcohol out, which does boost dopamine, but also boost GABA. So, you know, alcohol kind of blunts anxiety. Not that, you know, Joe would be up there drunk that, would, you know, we'd all be able to tell that very quickly. But if he was drunk, he wouldn't have that startle response is what I'm saying. Now, another option is nicotine, uh, but Joe doesn't have a history of smoking, so I doubt he uses nicotine. He also didn't have that impatient, smoldering anger of long-term nicotine use, so I, I would rule that out. Cocaine is an option. Uh, I would not rule out cocaine, and seeing old Joe Biden videos, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but you know, in the 80s, he's talking a mile a minute, you know, talking about how smart he is, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if He's used cocaine in the past. Uh, it seems like cocaine runs in his family too, but cocaine is very pleasurable uh, and he didn't look like he was really having much fun up there in the debates. So I, I, I don't think cocaine is what he used. I also wouldn't be surprised if Trump had a history of cocaine use, you know, just to be fair. Um, I would rule out most natural options. Like I don't think they would use rhodiola, ashwagandha, bacopa, lion's mane. All of these are great, but they take time to work. And a doctor would probably look at the history uh, of those herbs, look at their use, look at the trials, and would opt for pharmaceuticals, which they could really control tightly. They would know exact dosages. They would know, you know, it's half-life, all of that stuff. So I don't think they would go with the natural route. 
Now, while I was thinking of what Joe might be on, I, I asked around to other people who know about this stuff and, and what they would use for Joe. So I asked Georgie, who uh, also named Hydit. You know, I interviewed him for episode 50. I asked a small WhatsApp health group I'm in. And, and basically, you know, what it comes down to, what everyone said in common was amphetamines like Adderall. And I think this time around, Adderall is probably the correct choice. I mean, it's definitely the one that people expect because of how prevalent its use is. Uh, Georgie actually had a very interesting thing he mentioned in addition to amphetamines. He said that Joe kind of looks like he's been using growth hormone, uh, which is a super popular anti-aging drug that people in Hollywood and politics use. Now, most won't admit that they use it, but, you know, you kind of get this certain look using it. Anyway, Georgie said, uh, you know, his rapid mental decline in the last couple years could actually be from HGH as it is one of the only things possible that could cause such a rapid mental decline. But, you know, we're probably never going to know that. Now, Georgie also said uh, if the docs knew what they were doing, they would have Joe on Selegri... Uh, what is it called? Selegiline? Selegriline? Uh, it's an anti... It's a Parkinson's drug. And... So if they really know what they were doing, they would have him on that for a couple months before these debates as it would kind of prime the brain for dopamine uh, of the, you know, the dopamine boost of the amphetamines that he would take later. And so I think, I think Adderall is actually the best option. But the problem with amphetamines is they're very costly on the body. Amphetamines were used quite a bit back in World War II. In fact, the, uh, well, I don't really want to, say their name and get my show flagged, but let's say uh, the German National Socialists had their own method of cooking methamphetamines that is still in use today on the street. And what they found was that you could give a soldier meth and he would, you know, fight like mad, just just a crazy man for days on end. But after that, he would be just just broken, absolutely broken. He would have no use at all. He couldn't stand guard. He couldn't He couldn't do anything. So Adderall and these other amphetamines, they're much weaker than meth, obviously, but there is a long-term cost. Now, as far as Trump goes, it's hard to say if he is taking anything. There are some stories online that he takes cocaine or Adderall, uh, so maybe it does. Maybe he does. I don't, I don't know. There's supposed pictures of him with little, like, white powder falling out of his nose or something like that. I don't know if that's true, but, you know, maybe it's true. What I do know for sure is he probably has a way worse diet than Joe Biden. Uh, he's quite a bit fatter. He, he's got a lot more weight on him. Uh, and I've seen several pictures of Trump eating, you know, Philly cheesesteaks and just other garbage food. So I am guessing his estrogen levels are pretty high. And estrogen uh, can cause a lot of aggression in people, which Trump, you know, really has in spades from that debate. Most people don't know this, but estrogen is usually what causes the aggression in men. Uh, a lot of people think testosterone causes aggression, but it doesn't. Testosterone converts into estrogen in a process called aromatization. And in men, they don't really have the high levels of progesterone like women do to balance out the estrogen. You know, that's always kind of the thing with women and with their hormones. It's it's progesterone and estrogen kind of like on these little, you know, scales. They balance each other out. So men don't have the progesterone. So with men, the high estrogen can, you know, help them become tyrannical and aggressive. It can lead them in that direction. Now, women can get that way too when their estrogen get, gets really high. It's, it's not a gender thing. It's kind of a hormone thing. And interestingly enough, Ray Pete has you know, compared estrogen to cocaine as I think he saw some brain scans or something and both have the same excitotoxic activity. Uh, 
So anyway, I suppose it's not a huge surprise, I guess, to say Joe is probably on Adderall and, and maybe some other stuff to balance it out. Uh, he could also be taking modafinil, which is a wakefulness drug used for uh, narcolepsy and stuff. But I think combining that with amphetamines is probably a little little risky, but who knows. But I think what's important about all this, and this kind of just popped into my head while I was thinking about this episode, most people do not understand what goes into performance enhancement and how much it has been a part of human history. And when I say performance enhancement, I'm not talking about the male Viagra version. I'm talking about you know, widespread performance enhancement in whatever endeavor you're into, if that's acting or sports or whatever that is. But it's been a huge part of human history. I mean, Napoleon, he ate lots of organ meats. Uh, Montezuma took large amounts of chocolate before visiting his harem. Uh, Freddie Mercury wrote Bohemian Rhapsody after getting into cocaine. So, I mean, you know, history, history here, folks. And I think my obsession with supplements for the last 10 years and my constant experimentation has really given me the broad outlines of what the theory of enhancement is or what, you know, what goes into it. So here it is. Uh, it's all about dopamine. <laughs> there you go. No, it's all about dopamine and then what that dopamine is combined with. So this, that's the equation. Like usually you want the focus from dopamine and then something to take the edge off that focus so you can relax into whatever activity you're, do, you're doing. Uh, dopamine, you know, it converts into norepinephrine, like I said. So you want something to kind of blunt that anxiety that comes from that. So for example, alcohol raises dopamine, but it also relaxes you. If alcohol didn't make you dizzy and uncoordinated and, you know, all the things that happen when you're drunk, it'd be perfect. It'd be the perfect performance enhancer. Uh, nicotine is dopamine and acetylcholine, which is kind of like uh, super focused, but you can fall asleep. Uh, amphetamines are lots of dopamine and, and wakefulness. So everything kind of has its own spin. And I think part of a good life is finding the right combination that works for you. Because sometimes, you know, life is it's about peak moments a lot of times. Like sometimes life is about averages, you know, maybe especially as we get older and we kind of get into to a groove, life is about, you know, having a good average. But more often, life is about nailing that first impression or nailing the presentation or golf shot or whatever. Uh, Nassim Taleb actually has a really great saying for this. He says, you should never cross a river that is on average four feet deep. Because averages can fool us. They don't tell us about the tail events. You know, if you see a uh, bell curve, the tail events are the, the good and bad things that can happen really not that often, you know, once in a lifetime or something like that. But these events can have such magnitude that they can really change your life's trajectory dramatically. And the reason I think part of having a good life is finding the right performance enhancing combination is if you can get an edge during those moments, you know, if you can get that it factor, it can go from, you know, oh, that was a fine presentation, Jennifer. Thank you very much to, you know, wow, there was something special about Jennifer there. I'm not sure what it was. She just had something extra. So put her, you know, on the short list for presenting at the conference next year or whatever. You know, it can, it can really make, that small edge can really make a big deal. Now, the drawback is that, Anything that is performance enhancing will have long-term costs. You know, dopamine is a double-edged sword. And we talk all about that in that episode 28. Um, the more you use of it, 
the less it works. It's like nitro for a car engine. It can mean the difference between winning and losing, but it tears up the engine. So you, you want to only use it when it counts. Now, as a side note, I should say, most people you see in any kind of high-performance field are using some type of performance-enhancing substance. Like Adderall is hugely popular at competitive colleges. Uh, Modafinil is widely used in the professional world. Most people in Silicon Valley are, you know, microdosing LSD or putting something up their butt or whoever, you know, whatever they're into these days. Testosterone replacement therapy, that's another one I've talked about. It's very popular performance enhancer. Uh, testosterone increases the efficiency of dopamine in your brain. So for men, it's like this double whammy of you get a better body, you get more energy, you get better brains. The point is, a lot of people have this naive idea that the people you see on TV are normal people like, you know, me and you. They are not. They are usually, you know, drugged to the hilt. So anyway, now, I don't think you have to use Adderall or anything like that. In fact, I think most of these mainstream dopamine boosters, I think they're terrible. They have terrible long-term side effects and they're just not worth it. I mean, if you use amphetamines for you know, in decent dosages for a few years, you can cause a psychotic break. It's, it's not good, but there are natural options. For example, maybe you really love coffee. If you use coffee, you can add L-theanine to it. L-theanine is great. It's an amino acid. It's natural. It takes the edge off of the, the whole startle response. L-theanine, it just really smooths out any jitteriness that caffeine can cause. So right there, you, you got your dopamine plus the thing that takes the edge off. Relaxed focus. Uh, one of the men, herbs I mentioned earlier uh, was rhodiola which will increase dopamine and cause a lot of wakefulness, you can combine that with anything that relaxes you, like L-theanine or maybe a beer or something like that. Uh, Bacopa is another option that you can take long-term and will help with retaining memories. Uh, it helps with focus as well, but it, it's, it's more on the acetylcholine side, so it's going to feel right to some people and wrong for others. You know, you have to kind of try things out. Uh, men, they have incredibly easy options, you know, they can just take things that up testosterone. Uh, I suppose women can too, actually, if, you know, they're not that strong, uh, like ashwagandha or something. But I'm talking about long jack, horny goat weed, maca, L-arginine or L-citrulline. All these can increase testosterone, which ups dopamine, uh, physical presence, and social standing. The point is, the equation for performance enhancement is upper plus downer in some way. Like everyone's different. So some people will be better with more relaxation. Some will be better with more stimulation. You just have to find what works for you. And then you have to like have it in your back pocket, you know? So when you have that big meeting at work, uh, the big volleyball game, like a theater performance, you just have that in your back pocket. You take a little of your enhancer and it's going to give you an edge. And if you can rest afterwards and use natural substances instead of Adderall or whatever's out there, you know, you can do it in a healthy way that maybe you only use once or twice a month and it's going to be okay. So I'll share with you one of my methods that works very well. I do uh, training videos for one of the companies I work for. I, I write the videos, I perform them, and my business partner shoots them and gets them edited. It's, it's a really nice side gig to my main job. Now, one of the things I've noticed is that drinking alcohol makes my voice deeper the following day. So the night before I'm scheduled to shoot one of these videos, I'll have a few beers. And uh, the next day, 
when I'm going to shoot one of these videos, I have these things kind of coming together. I'm a little hungover, which makes me seem more relaxed. Uh, my voice is deeper and more resonant, which is good for the videos. Uh, I'll also do some exercise on the morning of the video to kind of perk me up. So that's, that's kind of my upper. Um, so the, the upper, the alcohol hangover is kind of like my downer and a deeper, more resonant voice for the videos makes them better. So all of these kind of come together to be a, give me a little edge in the videos. Now it definitely costs me, you know, alcohol is not good for you, but it gives me enough of an edge that I, I think it's worth it. Now I have found that vitamin B3, which is niacin, does something very similar to the alcohol. So maybe I could use that instead and maybe that would be a little bit healthier, but it doesn't give me the super deep resonant voice that I'm looking for. So I think the alcohol is better. Now niacin is actually really interesting. Uh, niacin and its non-flesh version niacinamide is really useful. One of the problems with performance enhancement is the possibility of an ad addiction. So in the example above, uh, you know, what if I started drinking every night? Well, then I would have a real problem, wouldn't I? The performance enhancement, you know, if you use it all the time, it ends up becoming performance destruction. Like another great example is, is drinking coffee. You know, it, it really helps some people stay awake and alert, but if you've been using it every day for five years, well, now you can't function without coffee. Your baseline has lowered to the point where without the coffee, you're subnormal and coffee makes you normal. So if you overuse performance enhancers, they build tolerance and they basically destroy the very thing you started taking them for in the first place. Niacin, vitamin B3, is the anti-addiction vitamin. Most people don't know this. Most people in the natural industry don't even know this. Uh, Bill Wilson, who started Alcoholics Anonymous back in the 1930s, he actually included niacin or niacinamide in the original AA protocol. Uh, so, you know, should should be in there. I think some doctors took it out because they wanted it to be just in psychotherapy or whatever. But niacin can be used if an addiction starts to develop because dopamine is very addictive. You know, it, it's like the definition of addictive. And if you just use a performance enhancer, you're going to feel some withdrawals after it wears off. You're going to have that lack of dopamine feeling like we were talking about earlier at the restaurant after the dessert, you know, on the way home, you're kind of feeling bad. You're feeling a little regret or whatnot. Um, so it's very tempting to take another dopamine boost. And that's the addiction right there. But niacin can help with this. And really any addiction uh, to varying degrees of success. Now you need to probably take 500 to 1,000 milligrams. And if it's regular niacin, it can cause a flush. But you're going to be pretty amazed how the desire leaves you. I, I always am. You know, if, I'm, if I've done too many dopamine things and I'm just kind of like on edge and, and it's like, oh man, I, you know, I'm, I'm almost too focused and, and I, I just want to do, oh, I want to surf the web. I want to look at Twitter. I want to do Facebook. Taking a little bit of ni uh, niacin, it, it is just amazing how it just takes totally the edge off and it lasts for, it's almost like it just kind of nukes it out of you. It's just gone. So I, I personally don't like using niacin long-term. Come to think of it, I, I don't really like using anything long-term, but there are people who take niacin every day for years to lower cholesterol and have no issues with it. So niacin's pretty safe to use. The big drawback, in my opinion, is niacin will uh, lower methyl groups. And some people out there are already low on methylation. So, you know, niacin can just make that worse. If you're high on methylation, well, then you can go to town. But 
it's not the easiest to find out what you are. You kind of have to just take stuff and see if things that raise methylation make you feel better or worse. But in other words, you know, if niacin starts to make you feel bad, you're probably low on methylation, so maybe stop using it so much. Niacinamide, the no-flush version of niacin, uh, it, I don't think it has some of the same problems with methylation. It might, but it can cause weight gain if you take it long-term at higher dosages. So you, you should just be aware of that. But other than that, you know, both niacin and niacinamide have awesome effects on the skin, uh, the liver. They have anti-aging benefits, uh, along with all the anti-addiction stuff. So, so they're pretty cool, pretty cool little tools. As far as other little hacks I use, uh, testosterone boosters before big expos or important meetings with new clients. Uh, Long Jack is a great for herb for that. I really enjoy Long Jack. Um, it kind of gives you the testosterone boost without the libido boost that horny goat wheat does. Um, she legit, that's another really great one for boosting testosterone and just kind of overall nutrition. Uh, but, but I think I'll stop there for now. So to summarize, uh, performance enhancement, it's dopamine boost plus relaxation plus inter intermittent use. So don't use it all the time. And niacin can kind of get you out of addiction trouble. And I think, you know, from my personal experience in life, uh, because you have to understand where I came from, I came from kind of a purist mindset. You know, my uh, mentor, Max, who taught me all about the body and health as I was growing up, you know, he really put the poo-poo on anything like this, any kind of caffeine, nicotine, alcohol. I mean, he, he wanted me to live a very clean life um, and, and good health. And it was all about averages. You know, it was all about, look, getting up at the same time every day, doing the same thing every day. You know, it can really build health. And he's right. But there's this other side of it, which is there are moments in your life that you can go one of two ways. And if you go one way, it will massively change the trajectory of your life for the better. And, and these little performance moments, these moments when you have to be, when you, if you can be on in those moments, you can really change your life. That's something I learned later. And so, um, that's what this is. That's what this is kind of all about. This performance enhancement stuff. It's something I've learned in the last few years, especially looking at other successful people and saying, you know, these people are all using something. And is there a healthy way to do it? Is there a natural way to do it? So I hope this episode was useful to you. Uh, let me know what you thought about it. Shoot me an email at quackspodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at quackspod. Thanks everybody. Be well.